0: Alright, tonight's episode of the vinyl countdown fuck of XO Number twenty six twenty five. Hold on, let me check. Hmm. Alright, episode twenty-seven XO27, that I don't have a title for yet. I'll come up with something clever as I listen through. Uh, this episode is about substance abuse, so I thought it would be appropriate to record the intro while I'm drunk as balls, man. It's quarter to four in the morning. Been drinking. All right, this episode is about a guy named Mike Catherwood. I had never heard of this guy, but I started listening to Jay Moore's podcast, Moore Stories. This guy showed up, just, uh, there's been a bunch of comedians on that show that I don't know. Just dudes that are friends of Jay Moore. And this guy, uh, they've all been good. And this guy, you know, same kind of mold where it's that path that's been blazed where you can't be a comedian anymore without just brutal honesty you know just if that's all i mean drama is better when it's honest comedy is better when it's honest just tell them the truth about your life that's baseline like i just this point if you can't even do that you know what the fuck go back to your previous decade because we're done yeah. we're done with people not just admitting what it is like to be a fucking human being on the earth So this guy was one of those, you know, really open, just talking about all the crazy shit that happened in his life. So I assumed when I looked him up, he'd be some kind of Jim Norton type dude, you know, like just a weird looking comedian fellow. But it's the exact opposite. It was really weird. This guy, he is just like handsome as fuck. He's been on... Dancing with the Stars, and he was a guest host on Regis and Kelly. It's it's fucking crazy. I guess he's mostly known for being on a Love Line with Dr. Drew, Psycho Mike, they call him. But I'm, I'd never heard of him, ever. But he has these fucking crazy stories about back in the day when he was a drug addict, and he's super open about it. And he was bad. He was big time. And it's a weird thing, cause. You know, I have a hard time siding with drug stories, you know? Just, uh, geez, just my own family alone. as problems, man. Big problems. Drugs, serious problems. I, uh, I ain't firm, I'm a as they would say in frontier times. But you can't deny that a drug story is fucking fascinating. You know, there's the highest highs, the lowest lows, the creamy fucking middles. It's just dramatic shit. It's, it's endlessly interesting. And today, uh, walking home from the bar, I'm just thinking like I've been in Toronto a while. It's starting to get a little blasé, a little mundane. I kinda wanna be somewhere else I kinda of wanna get that excitement back Of being in a new place But I'm a little too established And it just uh, it would be crazy to leave It would be weird It's much more sensible to stay But that sense of uh, adventure It just really comes back to me When I'm drunk And this story is that Notion times ten Cause in this story Mike Catherwood gets real real high real drunk, then real high, and goes to fucking Europe, and it's just, it's like a movie, you know? It's the kind of shit that would just never happen to you normally, but when you're under the influence, assuming you don't, you know, just, you manage to avoid horrible things happening to you, you can have some fucking adventures. So, here's the adventure of Mike Catherwood in his, uh, I guess this is like right around 20 years old. And uh, this is the story of him being high as fuck.
1: We have a really good podcast this week. In theory, uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> That's what's great about the podcast is it just steers itself. We're going to talk about drugs and great, funny, and scary and horrible drug stories. Mike Catherwood is the guest. Thank Hello, you. Mikey boy. drug of choice was what? B- uh, booze and blow. Booze and blow. Now, how old were you when you first got rolling on this?
2: I got, I got like first, like really got my first taste of getting drunk and liking it about probably about four, fourteen, like before freshman year. But like really seriously, where it was a problem, like sophomore year, so like sixteen.
1: Like, how does a guy like you not fit in? What was it about you at fourteen and fifteen years old? Because you're super handsome were you not athletic at the time Because no, I was a big cra- jock yeah so if you're a jock and handsome is it just something inside of you where you think you don't fit in Because that's how I feel about like when teenagers go you just don't get it you don't understand me and I want to I want to say to every teenager and every grown up no one knows a fucking thing about you I don't you sitting in front of me Mike I don't understand you right and we're friends, good friends. Right, Matt. I don't, I don't understand you. Like no one fucking understands anybody. So to roll through a high school, teenagers have this bizarre thing where they're like, "Fuck, nobody gets me." Well, yeah. Like, I, I you walk into my algebra class and then you leave. How am I supposed to fucking pick you apart and learn you?
2: I definitely think that—I I mean, I, I, I suffer from, you know, clinical depression. You do now still? And and I did then. I didn't really realize it. And I also was kind of this, like, Letterman jacket guy. So I kind of had this idea of, of what I should be. And it was so difficult because I was a very introverted, very kind of private guy. But I felt the desire to be the guy who was banging hot chicks and at every party.
1: how did it go from a kid trying like beer and like hanging out I, I know you said it made you feel and I get it completely suddenly you're the guy that you wish you could be it's the wrong
3: time in the wrong place oh your face is charming it's the wrong page it's not helping but there's a charming face and it's alright
1: It's like when you wear sunglasses and you talk a little less and you like you feel like a cool guy at detention. Yeah. But now Mike Catherwood is having, you know, four shots before school. Now you're arriving to school, you're the shit. Yeah. You feel good. Yeah. You could say you could talk to girls, you'll fucking fight anybody that comes within your radar. You're good to go. But, like, how does it get to that point? Like, where did you get it? Like, that's a crazy leap. That is all how cool it made me feel, coupled
2: with the fact that I have a tremendous genetic predisposition for alcoholism. I mean, bat. I'm Irish-Mexican, right down the middle. Both grandfathers on both sides very open about how they would drink for breakfast for 60 years you know I mean it was just it was just they made me in a lab to be an alcoholic you know (laughs) And so, that, you know, once those two kind of things combined, it was it was over with.
3: <laughs>
2: A lot of kids out there that, are, that grow up to be 30-year-olds that are listening to this podcast— drank an S-load in college and in high school and smoked weed every day for, you know, their 20s, and they just figured out how to, like, work out of it, that wasn't the way it was for me. It was magical to be able to not be in my own skin for a while, and that's because I, my brain chemistry is just different.
1: Now you smoked a lot of crack. Yes, lots. And you did lots. tons of acid. Yes. tell us some stories like uh, this here's a here's thing. a
2: kick-ass here's a kick-ass uh drug story i've told on loveline i was like uh just graduated high school and i told my parents i was like oh, i don't want to be like all these other ivy league guys i don't yeah I'm, it's not for me i want to be like kerouac i'm gonna go experience the world i'm going to europe whether you like it or not I had like a couple thousand bucks, and I took like a little. How bit old? Of, I'm sorry. I, just, I was before I moved to San Francisco. I was like probably 18, 18 okay.
3: and a half. Just, just graduated high. Break. For me.
0: Nothing like giving the game
2: away. I hopped on a plane. I landed in London. That was gonna be my first place where I stopped down. And I and uh, this is probably 1998. And I meet these guys and they're locals and I go to Piccadilly Circus because that's where like the sex pistols hung out and I figured that's where like drugs Did would be. Did you
1: bring drugs on the plane?
2: No, no. But Falsy I got, got a hammer. I met these guys and these guys I wanted to buy ecstasy because they were, we were all going to like like the dance nightclubs and stuff. And um these guys are like, Well, look, I could sell you what would be like a pill for twenty American dollars a piece or i could sell you 200 and it would be like like 300 american dollars and i was well, like well that sounds like the deal now you're then, billy hayes because i'm Express. like now i can now not only do i have a lot i i can prolong my trip because i can get some money So I buy it, we start taking them, we start no, drinking. Wait,
1: what do you mean? You just met these guys like, hey, how you doing? I'm new in town. You got any drugs? Yeah. That's really just tough. that's It's easy as that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because like I didn't have a place to stay at that point, and Dubai I was really for drunk.
1: Frankfurt, Germany. It's like going to a comedy club and asking for reefer. for it. No, well,
2: it's so funny. Like you and I right now, there's no like there's no way I could pull that off. But when I was super drunk and really wanting drugs, you know who has? And I just you get that sense exactly. I went it's to the bar I got drunk with locals they were really nice to me I was like really personable with them then I was like well who's who's got like some drugs like you know this?" you start looking delicious around. beer like but, with and drugs. then you
1: meet one guy it's like when you know who the hooker is in Vegas right. at the bar mixed in with everybody who's the else. working girl you go yeah. mm, Diet Coke video poker for 40
2: minutes by yourself when your hunger for something is high enough you just have a, this insatiable amazing
1: it's so f- interesting
2: and yeah. so I met this guy and finally and, and, there, and so we started a uh, partying getting really drunk we ended up not going to his club because we were high, rolling on XC and then we were immediately each other's best friends and he introduced me to his girlfriend who was really ugly but really sweet I was like hey man this is great but coke's my thing a lot of people look down on smoking crack but I ended up like well the crack scene in Paris is where it's at and of course I was like let's do it who's ready for the channel we're going to Paris no sleep no nothing I've already been in Europe like maybe 40 hours we're on our way to Paris So I get to Paris, we start partying, and I check into this ho- I actually find a place to stay now. So I get this like little crappy hostel. We all go back, I change my clothes, we get ready to go, and I start looking for coke. We find coke like that in Paris, in downtown Paris. I take him back to my room, I'll never forget this. Teach him, like, I'm friggin' Mr. Wizard, showing all these kick-ass drug users how to make crack. So we get to Paris I'm showing all these people How to cook crack We're drinking wine I'm like really living Because you're classic I'm living the Bon Vivant lifestyle ah, tu faire Smoke a bunch of crack Go to these bars and clubs hey, hey, oh. Then we go to This place That serves absinthe Like real absinthe And I'd always want to try it. Try that now everything's starting to get really hazy. I haven't, I, on, on, on top of like,
1: <laughs> you're a hundred hours into a drug binge. You're like, yeah.
2: now it's starting, I'm starting to No, I mean like, memories. really hazy, like I don't know what the hell happened after that, I do remember, like, me saying, like, we need to try absinthe. So we do, and I haven't slept at all either. I mean, this is really hard living. Next thing you know, I wake up, not in someone's room in a hotel, in the hallway of a hotel that I've never been in, that I don't recognize at all, I'm wearing nothing but my boxers, which I've shit in. So I'm lying face down. Imagine this. You're in a country where you don't speak a language. I have no idea where I'm going. I have no passport, money, keys, wallet, anything on me. I just have shitty pants. I go to the elevator. I'm like, please don't let anybody be in this elevator. Please don't let anybody. Sure enough, full. I'm like, I'll wait for the next one. Two people in the next, so like back in, so they don't see like my crappy pants. And I wait. And I'm like, well, what am I gonna do now? I'm gonna get to the lobby of this hotel. I don't know where I. Am. I'm in Paris. Like, where do I go from here? So I run out into the and in it's daylight. My eyes damn burn out of my head. I look around. I'm walking from and I've got my hands behind my back like uh, like I'm royalty, so I can like at least try to block the brown stain a little bit. And uh, and I must have been passed out for a good amount of time because like the, the poo wasn't like you could tell it was like diarrhea, but it wasn't dry. It had been dried. Yeah. So I must have been like passed it's out. Done. So it wasn't like tire dropping track. out the bottom of my yeah, underwear like
1: tire tracks exactly. And a scene. But it
2: was like a big splotch. So I finally, I'm like, oh my God, that is, that is where I'm staying. I remember it was a tall, skinny hostel. It was very, it was only like as wide as two room, but it was really tall. And it just said hostel. I was like, that's it. That's clear. finally something I remember.
1: The street from where you were,
2: no, it was probably a half a mile, but I had to like kind of like navigate walking back. through the streets of Paris with dried shit in your using only my subconscious to guide me because I was like, Where was I? Did I go this way? Did I don't remember a thing? Get up to my, I get in there and I'm like, wait a second, I don't have a key. So I had to go back to the, I, before I even went up to my room, I asked the guy for a second key. And he was looking at me all judgingly because I'm, you know, roided out and tatted out with no shirt on and I'm like this mean, ugly American. Gives me a key, I walk back up to my room. Now I see from the corner that the deadbolt has actually left my door open. It's a jar with the deadbolt keeping it open. I'm like, man, there could be a lot of things on the other side of the store. Dead body or my clothes. I don't know. I'm so scared. <laughs> Open up the door. All my clothes, wallet, passport, my money completely perfectly laid out on my bed. As so I definitely took them off willingly. About 30, no exaggeration, 30 plastic champagne glasses like they're like disposable cups but they're yeah. like champagne flutes. Yeah. All over, half full, some of them full, some of them completely empty. Some of them with lipstick on them. A bunch of half-smoked cigarettes and ashtrays. Like, I had a party in my place. Don't remember a damn thing. And at some point, I must have decided, this party's great. I've smoked crack, and I'm showing you guys how to... But it's time for me to take my clothes off and go somewhere else. And I ended up with poo in my pants. And I don't know what happened in between...
1: What was the hotel you wound up at i don't know you don't remember the name no of it? no no but it was wait, pretty nice it wasn't like the in ritz crazy haze you're like i need to get a room in this place and you probably went just tried to forego the traditional front desk experience because you were cracking and it out and you went you know what just walk in i got my fucking underpants on what do you mean i gotta go to the front desk it was uh it was one of those moments where even at
2: that age i was like i need to slow down I need to handle my business better. And sure enough, I took a shower and I was back in the club that night.
1: Don't you feel empowered when you're not drinking? And I tell people this that have just recently stopped drinking, and they're like, it's hard. I go to a bar, and first of all, I'm like, well, that's fucking stupid that you're in a bar. I go, but you're going to get to a point when you're at the comedy club, and they go, can I get you anything? Or especially at a bar or at a club, and you go, I would love a Perrier yeah. or a bottle, those little bottles of Evian. And that becomes this bizarre like badge you wear without wearing or saying a word. the guy at, like, a crazy Maxim party holding a fucking club soda right. is the coolest shit in the world. And, and you, when you're 20, you,
2: like, everybody's gonna think I'm a loser. It, within a three years, you're 23, you're like, everybody's gonna think I'm the coolest guy in the wow, world. Wow, he's not even drinking. I'm yeah. fucking hammered. And people don't even, like, uh, my mom even uh, brought that up the other day. She's like, do people ever ask you, like, if if you're driving or if something's wrong because, you you know, you'll be in social... I was like, no one ever even tripped. Like, I never, in in close to 10 years of being fully sober, maybe five times someone's even commented on me being in a place where a lot of drinking is going on at night.
1: Like I swear to God, I could make this podcast more stories with my Catherine. I could. Talk. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, I could talk to you forever. It's funny that
2: I, it, when I look at myself, and I'm not saying this to sound like overly. Uh, uh, I'm not. I'm not fishing for compliments I When I look th- myself, I think of my. I have a pretty bland life. When I go on shows or the, like wait a, a second, I have these awesome the stories. Yeah, things just kind of unfold. and then I got a job at K Rock loading boxes, like entry level job, and like life just kind of this changed. This
1: always fascinates me about radio personalities. How do you go from loading boxes to somebody going, "Hey, this guy Mike could be funny on the air"?
2: I used to bust chops at the station and and do parody songs and prank call Kevin and Bean, all these things. And I used to bug Lightning, who's the producer at the time, and say, "I should be on your
1: show." Jay Lightning, tell us.
2: Yeah, I should be on it's your the show.
1: Sheer tyranny of will. There. I can do
2: character voices. I could do this, and then. uh and they were like, Well, we're not hiring. I mean, I, I don't believe you first off, and secondly we're not hiring. Guy left and would go to K Rock, New York, WXRK at the time, and uh, they gave me a shot, you know? And I just uh, and I was even at an entry level though with Kevin and Bean where I was just pulling news clips for Ralph and For free probably. Pretty close to it. I made I, my first year at K Rock I made sixteen thousand dollars. Cool. It was I think it was California minimum wage at the time and they just you, you top out with how many hours you can get, you know?
1: You know, one of my favorite expressions is opportunity knocks every day, but no one recognizes it because it's dressed up like hard work.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's great.
1: But you're a guy like, hey, you wanna go load boxes at the fucking shipping receiving part back end in the summer of California at a morning radio station. Now, the addict you, the non like renewed born again not born again Christian, born again you yeah. would say, I'm not fucking packing boxes. I like I went to college, but it was dressed as hard work. Mike, I'm gonna hire you to fucking do boxes. You're doing drywall, it's it's all it's blue collar stuff. Right. And okay, fine, fuck it. Let him just do a couple prank phone calls, fuck it. And you do it. And someone else, whether it's Kevin or Bean or Alex, somebody keeps saying, fuck it, let him do it again. The fact that this didn't happen until you got sober, I think is really a great, beautiful, I don't know if it's a message, but it's a great part of the story, that you recognizing hard work being an opportunity and parlaying it into being on the Kevin and Bean Show, you're like a great success story. Thank you, I couldn't be happier for you. I appreciate
2: it. Very
3: nice.
0: was XO number 27, The Adventures of Mike Catherwood. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you would like to find more episodes of this podcast, go to KeithCourage.com.
3: all right <laughs> with me. You can't know how happy I am that we met. I'm strangely attracted. Someone I'm trying so hard to forget Don't you want to forget someone too? It's the wrong game it's the wrong game With the wrong chip With the wrong chip so your lips are your tempting lips. They are the wrong lips They're not her lips But they're such tempting That if someday you are free.